So, here we are. Father's Day. Amen. Um, it's a very high-pressure position, and anybody's ever been in it? Because we're expected to be a part-time superman. We're expected to be full-time protectors, providers, and friends. Amen? Amen. And uh, dads need prayer. Dads need prayer. Amen. It's not an easy job to fill. Amen. So, we thank God that each dad, I remember feeling the pressures when our first son was on the way. Like, how do I do this? How do I do this? Thank God. Uh, it was only a few years later that I got born again and started to discover it. I'm not going to be able to do this on my own. I'm going to have to tap into the wisdom of God, tap into the grace of God. And I'm so, I'm so thankful that I was surrounded with people when I first became a Christian that, that showed me that, showed me how to depend on the Lord for these kind of things. But we can go to him for comfort we, when we mess up. We can go to him for wisdom. It's just as important, I thank God that those who may have lost their dads or grew up without a dad present and active in their lives can look to God the Father, our Father in heaven, amen, amen. for that position to be filled. So, you know, when, when the word dad is mentioned, you, you heard the silence just a month ago when it was Mother's Day, everybody's jubilant. But it's just, it seems like when you, when you start talking about dads, uh, it can conjure up a lot of different images. For some, it represents a hardworking, selfless man who lives for the benefit of his children. But unfortunately, there are others that it may bring memories of abuse, memories of a cold, uh, loveless, maybe absent individual. I pray that the message that I'm bringing tonight, this entire weekend, all of our campus pastors, will take the light off of any of those unpleasant memories and shine onto the Father in heaven, Amen. who is the one that we really, really, really should be celebrating this weekend, Amen. the Father of us all. Now, in the Old Testament, we see many titles or names of God. I'm sure some of you are familiar with them. Uh, one of the, the primary ones, one of the first ones we see in the Old Testament is El Elyon, the Most High God. El Shaddai is the name that was revealed to Abraham, the all-nourishing God. There's Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides for us. There's Jehovah Rapha, the God, our healer. Every one of those names reveals a certain side or character of God, a picture of what we can expect from him. Now, there's many, many more than what I just mentioned here, but for the sake of time, every one of those titles, every one of those names progressively revealed who God is to us, who God's nature, what his nature is like. So I chose a title for this message, The God Who Won't Let Go. I'll say it again. The God who won't let go. So our desire this weekend is to reveal the nature of the Father, just like he revealed himself as El Elyon, the Most High God. He revealed himself as El Shaddai, the all-nourishing God. He revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the provider. I pray that what we're going to study tonight reveals himself to you more clearly than ever before. He is the God that won't let go. 
He's our stability. He's our strong tower. He's our loving father. And in the days we live in today, the season of life that we're in, we need an anchor for our souls more now than ever. Do you notice how many people are drifting? Do you notice how many individuals you might have in your family, maybe coworkers, people that you might have known uh, as Christians for decades, and, and over the past few years, you're seeing a shifting, you're seeing a change, you're seeing, you're seeing people get involved in things that you never thought they'd get involved in. You see people uh, moving off of their commitment to the Lord and to the Word of God, and it, and it can be alarming, but we need an anchor. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 tells us that hope is an anchor for our soul. An anchor keeps us in position while the waves of life are trying to toss us about to and fro. An anchor digs deep, think about it, an anchor digs deep into the ocean floor so that no matter how strong the current is, your boat remains unmoved, steady, and secure. And that's what we need in our lives. And as it pertains to the Bible, the promises of God are just like an anchor. They keep us steady. They keep us unmoved. They keep us secure in life while the rest of this planet is drifting with every wind and every wave of culture. I cannot believe how much we're seeing our culture shift, how much we're seeing our culture change in such a very um, glaring way where the devil doesn't even try to hide anymore. I don't know. Did you notice that? You notice that just this, this past maybe five to ten years, it's like the devil doesn't even try to hide anything anymore. It's just right there in our face, and that means that we need to be right there in his face. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 28 says, Sovereign Lord, you are God, your covenant is trustworthy, and you have promised these good things to your servant. There are good things that God Almighty has promised to us. And when he promises something, he doesn't back off. Amen? Amen? Since the beginning, God has made promises to mankind, and none of his promises have ever failed. This is the same God, folks. Listen to me tonight. This is the same God who made promise to Abraham. The same God who parted the Red Sea for Moses. The same God that saved his people Israel. And he's the same God that we worship today. He wants us to know what he has in store for us. So this weekend, we celebrate Father's Day by celebrating our Father in heaven as we remember six things that Father God has promised to do for us that will keep us anchored and keep us secured in our faith. Amen. Amen. You ready? Yeah. Number one, God has promised to stand by you. Joshua chapter one, verse five. No one will be able to stand against you, God said to Joshua, all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Verse 7, he goes on. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it from the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Then he goes to verse 9 again. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be where? With you. 
with you wherever you go. Number one promise, he'll stand by us. Amen. And we're told that this phrase, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, appears around 78 times in both the Old and New Testaments. So go ahead, church. Go walk out the plan of God for your life. He's already been in your future. It's just shake off this paralysis that we see in so many individuals' lives. Shake off this past couple of years has, has caused people to just freeze in motion. It's like everybody's just waiting. Everybody's put their plans on hold. Everybody's put their, their life on hold, thinking that something's going to come. All of a sudden, a switch is going to get turned, and things are going to go back to the way they were. Honey, they're not going back to the way they were. I'll say it again, because some of you were still in that paralysis. It's not going back to the way it was. Some of these things were done to get us to the place where they'll never go back to the way it was. Okay? But this isn't the first time in history that something like this has happened. And God's people always come up on top if we'll trust him. Amen. So go ahead with your plans. Stop putting your life on hold. Start dreaming again. Why? He's with you. He's standing by you. He's not going to set you up to fail. Just like you told Joshua, the way I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And the way he was with Joshua, he's with us. Amen. 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 Number two, he will help you through. Has anybody ever gone through some hardship? Yes. How about lately? Anybody gone through some hardship? Well, the rest of you are blessed people. You should be up here preaching this message. <laughs> Hebrews 13.5, in the Amplified Classic Version, saved my life in 19. 97. I won't go into the whole story. Last few months of Bible school, all of our funds got cut off. All of our money that was coming in got cut off from us. And listen, when you've got a family of four, me and my wife, six people in a household, five seventy-five an hour working in a supermarket, it's not going to do it. Amen? Amen? So, we're stuck. No money coming in. Very little coming in from our part-time jobs. And I walked into class one day in Bible school and had this little pocket. I don't know where this came from. Had a little pocket, little pocket. You know, like the little Gideon Bibles? You know, anybody know what I'm talking about? But this was an amplified version. I've never seen one then, up until before. Never saw one since. Don't even know how I got it. I found it in my briefcase. I open up, like you know how you do. Oh, God, I need to hear from you. And it literally opened up to Hebrews 13.5. Let me read you Hebrews 13.5 that saved my sanity in 1997. Let your character or moral disposition be free from, the, from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. Here's the good part. Here's the part I wanted to fast forward to. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. We're told by people that study classical Greek that there's no stronger language than what appears here. What he was saying, in, in, in written in the original language, there's no way possible that God will let you fail when you trust him. 
He's going to see you through. Whatever you, whatever's going on in your life, he's going to see you through. Verse 6 then wraps it up. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Number two promise, he will see you through whatever situation you're going through right now. Just like he's seen you through whatever situation you've been through in the past. And if you're a newcomer to to these things of God, if you've just come into relationship with God Almighty, let me tell you something. You keep keep sticking by him. Amen. Amen. You keep trusting him. You stay confident in him. You're never going to go through anything by yourself. Amen. Amen. So I'm reminded of Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, and he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. Oh, I like that. I have summoned you. Summoned. That's a whole lot stronger than say I've called you by name. Summoned. Yes, sir. When, when he calls our name, yes, sir. He has summoned us. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, uh, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego find out, you won't even smell like smoke. You ever, you ever have somebody come up to you and say, man, I just found out what you've been going through. And they would, um, from the outside, you would never know you've been through that stuff. That's why. Total fulfillment of that promise. I'll be with you. I'll walk you through. Don't worry about the water. Don't worry about the fire. You're going to come through on the other side, and you're not even going to smell like smoke. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, listen. What are you facing right now? What's the situation you're facing right now? And I'll guarantee you, probably 99% of us in this room right now, right now, are going through something. Is it, is it a medical issue? Is it a financial issue? Is it a relational issue? Whatever it is, he's going to walk you through it. Amen? Amen. Say, well, Pastor, I understand. I'm a Christian. I'm still going through things. Honey, you're still breathing. You say, as long as you're breathing, you're going to have opportunity to go through things. Now, let me ask you a question. Did you go through things before you met Jesus? How'd you like going through them on your own? At least we're going through them. If we got to go through them now, I know I got my, my big brother, amen, is walking with me. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Praise God. So, number one, he's promised to stand by us. Number two, he's promised to help us through. Number three, when you've done all you can do, he's promised to strengthen us. Isaiah 40, oh, Jacob, oh, Israel, what do you say? Why do you say, my way is hidden from the Lord? How many times we say stupid stuff like that? Where's God, Pastor? Where's God when I go to? God's the same place he's always been. He's on the throne. He didn't fall off the throne because you got attacked or got sick or you lost your job or you lost your house or you lost your car or you lost your, 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 your relationship, your, your whatever. Okay? It didn't, it didn't shake him. He knew it was coming. But Israel would say, my God does not think about my cause. Now he, re- he responds, have you not known? Have you not heard? The God who lives forever is the Lord, the one who made the ends of the earth. He will not be weak or tired. His understanding is too great for us to begin to know. He gives strength to the who? Weak. 
and gives power to him who has little strength. Even very young men get tired and become weak, and strong young men trip and fall. But they who wait upon the Lord will do what? Get new strength. They will rise up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weak. And that is a promise that you and I need to stand on. And sometimes when you've gone, gone and you've done as much as we can do, it is time to throw our hands up, not in surrender, but in worship and say, God, take this. I can't do this anymore. Uh, I'm not equipped to handle this on my own. God, I need you to take this. Amen? First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says this, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. He cares for you. Now listen, let, let's look at this for a moment. Therefore, in light of everything we could say, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Now, some people could say, well, pastor, isn't it bad enough that I'm getting beat up? Isn't it bad enough that I'm staying up at night, I can't sleep, I'm worried about this, worried about the other thing? Do I have to come and humble myself? Well, God's not doing it to punish you. God's not asking you to draw near to him. Because, you know, for some of us, for some of, especially if you have a strong personality, for some of us, it's humbling for us even just to ask God for help. Yeah. But let me, let me ask you this question. When you and I come to God and we throw ourselves at his feet, that shows that we know where to go to, that we know who our true help is going to be, and that we know, Jesus, said, Lord, here, I can't, I can't do this anymore. As strong as you've made me, as much wisdom as you've given me, as much empowerment of you, as you have dropped in me by your Holy Spirit, I can't do this. And you know what the, you know what the, you know what the real thing about this is? He doesn't want us to have to do it. He wants us to come and go, Abba. Daddy, I'm done. Now, I'm not throwing my hands up and surrender, but I'm throwing my hands up and worship. I worship you because I know you have the answer. I worship you because I know you're mighty. I worship you because I know you're capable. I am done handling this situation. And Ephesians chapter 6 says, having done all to stand, then do what? Stand. Stand. For some of us, it's humbling. But listen to me. Humbling ourselves is like flipping a switch in the kingdom of God. Because the scriptures tell us in two separate places, once in one of Peter's letters and once again in James, that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to who? Come on, man. I mean, we know that scripture, but we don't walk in it many times. We want to walk in our pride. We want to make it look like, look what I did. Look what I figured out. Look what I put together. Look what I built. Look what I, you, you know, you fill in the blanks. But man, unless the Lord builds the house, Amen. we labor in vain. Amen. And truthfully, I had enough vain laborings in my life Amen. for decades. I am more than willing Father, here it is. Take it. Take it. I don't need to get credit for this. I don't need to. I just take it and, and just do what you got to do. Amen? Amen? 
So now watch this, number four. Your compassionate father will dry your eyes because there's sometimes, sometimes before we get to victory, there's some tears shed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes there's some tears shed. One Bible teacher put it this way. (coughs) Excuse me. According to Matthew chapter 10, verse 29, not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from God's notice. Neither does one of your tears. This morning, I went to a a football game. My youngest, uh, well, not the youngest grandson, but one of the youngest that's here in New Jersey, went to his football game, championship game. His oldest brother suffered an injury last week at another football game. He's on crutches. His team played this morning. And uh, I'm saying what I was told, that because he couldn't play, they lost the championship. But my little grandson, Joseph, was tears running down his face. And I'm telling you, it broke my heart. Because I know what he's feeling. I know what he's experiencing. And there's sometimes you can't do anything about it. You just got to let him shed those tears. I put my arm around him, try to encourage as much as possible. But the tears didn't stop because of disappointment. And sometimes I would imagine if we, in our humanity, our heart breaks when we see someone like this tender-hearted, precious kid, uh, disappointed because his team didn't win because he got hurt. Imagine what our Father in Heaven feels like when he sees the tears that we shed sometimes because of disappointments that we face in life. And God sees those tears. And I believe it's a very personal thing between us and him. When Hannah, Samuel's mother, wept bitterly outside the temple of the Lord, God noticed and remembered. When David became weary with moaning, God didn't become weary with listening. Oh, I like that one. I'm going to say that again. Now, these are not my words. These are the words of another Bible teacher. When David became weary with moaning, God didn't become weary with listening. For the God of all comfort keeps watch over your weeping, and he gathers up your tears and puts them in a bottle, according to Psalm 56, verse 8. Like a mother sitting beside her, sick, her child's sickbed, God takes notice of every sigh, every discomfort, every pain. No matter how much your anguish has gone unnoticed by others, Not one moment has escaped the attention of God who neither slumbers nor sleeps. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close. Could you say that word, please? Close. Just say close, close. Turn to somebody, say close. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Now remember, this is under the Old Testament and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now if he was close to those in the Old Testament, How much closer is he to us now that his spirit lives inside us? He is close. He's not sitting high up in heaven, removed from our experience of pain and desperate desperate questions. No, he's always available, close to us, especially when we suffer, especially when we suffer. He stays with us. He helps us get through. He helps us breathe again. He helps us to find hope in the darkness. God understands our feelings and helps us bear whatever it is that is overwhelming because 
He is our suffering Savior. He knows firsthand about brokenness. When he hung on that cross, he suffered the greatest brokenness of all time, and it was all for us. So, so you may be going through right now, you may be carrying some stuff. You may be under the influence of some disappointment, and I say that under the influence because disappointment will affect every area of our lives if we don't shake it off. And I think I'm going to be teaching on that soon. It's like as I was going through this and thinking about it, pondering it, praying, I saw that the Holy Spirit started pointing some things out. And I think many of us are suffering from some stuff that we have not identified yet that's directly connected to disappointment. Disappointment will stay with you for years. I guess I'm the only one. Thank God we have a high priest who knows what it feels like. Amen. Amen. Number five, your heavenly father will fight for you. You know, we don't sing enough songs about that. Nobody's writing songs. Where's Stephen? <laughs> to motivate him. Nobody's writing songs anymore about the victorious Savior. Very few times do we have songs anymore about the mighty warrior. We need to constantly remind ourselves that he is our warrior. Amen? Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Isaiah 42, 13, the Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. You know, <laughs> oh, forgive me, but what I picture when I, when I read this, I picture as I'm saying this, I picture, what is that tribe in New Zealand that does those crazy war chants? They're Aborigines, but there's a certain Maui... Uh, Maori, the Maori tribe, something like that. Do you ever see those? Do you ever see those? Do you ever see those? They paint their bodies up. They make these crazy faces. They get themselves all worked up to go to battle, right? The Oaxaca is the actual chant. Yes. Well, all these guys get together and they're who, 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 and they make these crazy facial expressions. Now, I'm not saying Jesus does that. But it says here, look, 42, Isaiah 42, 13. The Lord's going to go forth like a warrior. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry, and he will prevail against his enemies. Amen. But listen, this gets even better than this. Because at the end of this dispensation, Jesus is going to come on the scene. Amen. And he's going to come face to face with Satan, the Antichrist. And I, what if he did one of them? Who? Who? As it said, he's going to destroy him with just a breath. Amen. Just a breath of his mouth. That'd be so cool if he showed up that way. Who? Bam. That's it. But watch this now. In the spirit, he fights our battles. He's known what, you, he knows what, oh God, he knows what you're facing. He knows what you're going to face in the future. One of the prayers that I always pray over myself is, is this. Father, prepare me for that which is prepared for me. I don't know what's up ahead. I thank God that I prayed that kind of prayer 30 years ago. 
I had no idea what I was going to be doing. I had no idea that God was going to put me in this position like this. It would have scared me to death. But he prepares us, goes before us, fights battles for us, dispatches angels to go forth and, and, and fight battles for us, to, sends angels to go forth in the spirit so that it never manifests in the natural, the thing that the enemy wants to do in your life. Amen? Amen? The, many, the enemy may attack you on all sides, but remember the battle belongs to the Lord. But listen, keep your fight in the realm of the spirit and your enemies will be defeated every single time. I'm going to say it again because most of us, we wait until the situation gets really desperate and then we take it in the spirit. Most of us, we try to figure it out with our heads. What am I going to possibly do? Oh my God, I'm in a financial bind. Let me go get three part-time jobs. Let me start selling everything I have. Let's start doing, whoa, 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 whoa. Take it in the spirit realm. Take it in the spirit realm. Listen to this. When an eagle attacks a snake, it doesn't let the snake have the upper hand. The eagle picks it up with its beak and flies high with the snake in its mouth. What's he doing? The eagle takes the snake out of its natural surroundings into a realm in which the snake is helpless. Take your battles into the realm of the spirit. Because the battle that you're facing in the natural, okay, cannot stand against you when you take it out of its surroundings and bring it into the spirit realm. How do I do that? How do I do that, Pastor? Pray in the spirit. Pray in other tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Take hold of the heart of God in the realm of the spirit. Romans 8.26 says, we just taught on this recently, I forget what was it, last week or a couple weeks ago, that the Holy Ghost, it was on a Wednesday night, wasn't it? Whatever. The Holy Ghost, according to Romans 8.26, takes hold together with us against. Take your fight in the spirit. Understand that the Lord is there. The Holy Ghost is in you. He's wanting to fight with you against those things. Amen? Amen. Let God take the battle into his arena. Don't keep it in your arena. Number six, God our Father will hold us tight and never let us go. When all seems hopeless and lost, when it feels, feels, feels like we're slipping away, we have a God in heaven who knows how to hold on to us. Somebody once said, I'm doing everything possible to hold on to God. No, the truth is, God is doing everything possible to hold on to us. He's the one that does the holding on to. Amen? Psalm 139, verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I run away from where you are? I'm reading from the New Living Version. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the place of the dead, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning or live the farthest part of the, part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will hold me. Amen. 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 Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. You listening? My life is in his hands. Your life is in his hands. This fact brings me stability. It's not a theory, it's a fact. He said, nobody's going to snatch, no, nobody's going to snatch you out of my hands. That brings stability to us. It brings peace, it brings rock solid confidence. And again, back to the book of Isaiah. 
Verse 46, verse 3. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of people of Israel. You whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried you since you were born. I like verse 4 especially. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. No matter what season of life we're in, folks, we are loved with an everlasting love by a father who won't let go. He won't let go. We are held on to tightly and firmly by his loving grasp. We have a father in heaven who's committed to us. We have a father in heaven who does not change. We have been adopted by love himself. Know this night, church, that you're secure in him. Know this night that no attack from the enemy, no attack from a human being, no attack of sickness or disease, no attack of poverty or lack is ever going to pull you out of his hold. He loves us. He carries us. He sustains us while we're going through. He's with us. When it's overwhelming, he's very much aware of our tears. He'll fight our battles if we'll let him. He'll always bring us through. Never leaves us, never forsakes us. And in a time when there's so much uncertainty, church, that's good news. Amen. 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 I pray that you would remember what we've shared this weekend. I pray that it would become second nature for us to see him in that light. And that for the rest of, at least for this weekend, that when we're wishing our dads or remembering our dads or celebrating our dads, that we not forget the awesome father that we have in heaven. That no matter what we're going through in life, he's there with us. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you if you need.